Hello and welcome to the Forge Church Catch-Up Podcast. We're delighted that you have chosen to click play on this podcast. Each Sunday, our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by God that ties into everyday life. We hope today's talk encourages you. Hey, good morning. I was sitting next to someone last week and uh, the, the opener kind of came up and she just turned to me. She's like, I can't look at that. It just stresses me out. And there is something about what we've just seen there of the pace of things and the workload and stuff that builds up. And just that little finish when it goes, ah, there is something lovely about breathing room. Hey, if it's your first week here, I want to welcome you. If you're catching or watching um, online and this is your first week, uh, welcome to you. We are so grateful uh, that you've come to join with us. If you want to catch up on what's happened so far within our first two weeks, if you go to our website uh, and if you click onto the top button which has media and then hit current series, you can either watch these talks or you can um, download them. You can listen to them via uh, the Forge podcast as well. So um, there's ways in which Um, you're able uh, to catch up. Um, But I just want to very quickly recap that the first week we were thinking about breathing room uh, and when we don't have it, the effect that it has on us, that it can cause so much stress, that worry and anxiety can take over. In fact, when we have no breathing room, it can even affect us physically with regards to illness. And when we talk about breathing room, we're talking about this gap this space between our current pace and our limits. It's the gap. All of us will have limits. Those limits will be different for each one of us. Uh, But it's that gap. Breathing space is the gap between our current pace of life, for whatever that might be, whether that's relationally, financially, or, or emotionally, or whatever, and our limits. That's where we find our breathing room. And week one, in our attempts to get the most out of life. We run the risk of losing control of our lives, which is why I think this series is so important at the start of 2020 to be thinking about this. Last week, we were thinking about time and that our time is limited. So we have to limit what we do with our time. So this week, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be focusing on breathing room, having breathing room within our finances, within our money. And if you're um, not a Christian, if you're just visiting or you're searching uh, or whatever, I really hope and I do believe that what's shared this morning will be helpful to you because all of us deep down want to have breathing room in our finances. But if you're a Christian like I am, if you're a follower of Jesus, I tell you, this is going to be really challenging this morning because there is a relationship between our ability to follow Jesus, for Jesus to be Lord of our lives, and our willingness to get our financial house in order. Because unsurprisingly, Jesus has something to say about our money. And we're going to come on to that in a short while. So to begin with, I just want to tell you something which you will know, but no one will have told you this. It's this that there is a difference between our standard of living and our quality of life. Now, you'll hear that and you think, yeah, no, of course there is. But actually, throughout our lives, day after day after day, that is not the message which is given to us. 
And so throughout anything which is advertising, if anyone wants to try and sell us something, they will be pushing that our quality of life will go up if our standard of living goes up. And so quite naturally, what we look to do is we look to upgrade. We look to trade upwards in whatever is happening in our lives. So we would want a newer car or a better car that we would want to get uh, from a two-bedroom to a three-bedroom house. We will always want to look to improve. If, if Apple brings out a new gadget, some of us, we've just got to get it uh, because it's life-changing. And because if we raise our standard of living, we will raise the quality of life. And do you know what? That is an absolute lie. And deep down, all of us know that it's a lie. That just because you have a higher standard of living doesn't mean that your quality of life improves. In fact, sometimes the opposite takes place. That as you get a higher standard of living, you become unhappier while you're trying to sustain that so that you work longer hours, you start to argue over money, you stress over the borrowing uh, repayments. And you see, we can raise the standard of living. This is so different to time. We can raise the standard of living by debt. It's great. We can raise the quality of life through discipline. And those two things are very, very different. You see, time is limited, remember? And so we have to limit what we do with our time. Well, our money and our finances are limited, but our, those limitations don't have to limit what we do with our money because there are people who are willing to loan us stuff so that we can raise our standard of living. See, just have a think. If... If there is a God who is interested in you, if there's a God who does care for you, and if there's a God who wants the very, very best for you, which do you think God is more interested for you and me? Our standard of living or our quality of life? You haven't got to call it out because you know what the answer is. God will always be more interested in the quality of life than he is with our standard of living. And so if we take our faith seriously, if we're followers of Jesus, if we're Christians and we want to take our faith seriously, our goal should be what God's goal for our lives is, not what the media or what the advertising or what TV or what gets pushed at us day after day, which is we need to raise our standard of living. See, it is so easy to believe the lie. Honestly, it is. I know that. Throughout all of these talks, you have to know that I talk to myself as much as I talk to you. Because I can get, just as you can get, caught up in wanting to have a bit more, wanting to raise the standard of living. And so we push for better cars, and we push for bigger houses, and new gadgets, and up-to-date technology. We upgrade all the time. But the sad thing is, is that for some of us, we'll be sitting here today or we're watching online today. And, and for some of us, we now earn much more money, but we have much less peace. For some of us here, we will have lovely houses to live in, but we'll have awful marriages that are going on inside the house. 
For some of us here, we have lovely stuff, but that stuff doesn't bring the joy that we hoped that it would. It's because we get caught up in this life that the standard of living, if that goes up, then our quality of life will go up. And it's just not true. And at some point, that will dawn on us. And this is why breathing room in our finances becomes so, so important. And you're not going to like this next little phrase um, uh, because it's really tough and it's countercultural. But this is brilliant news for you and me if we apply it. It's this, that creating breathing room financially may lower your standard of living, but it will raise the quality of your life. In other words, we can find joy with less. And often we lack peace with more. And before I want to get into what Jesus has to say, because he does have to say some things um, about this. Let me tell you three things about you and I which are true. Okay, just to set a little bit of context for this. Truth number one is this, is that we live on a percentage of our income. Now, you kind of think, duh. Yeah, of course we do. We do. We live on a percentage of, for what comes in, we spend a percentage of that. And it depends on what that percentage is. And probably most of us sitting here today or watching online, we have no idea other than it's probably near 100%. So all of us, all of us, when money comes in, we will do something with it. We will spend some of it and we will spend a percentage of it. And if we don't choose it, life will drive us to that percentage. If we don't choose the percentage that we live on, I tell you, life will drive it for us. Second truth about you and I is this. We think this. We'd be fine if we just had a little bit more. It's true. Have you ever thought and just looked at your salary and as, as it comes in and just think, oh, if I could just have 500 more a month, that, that would just make my life. I tell you, life would be so much better if that's the case. Things are tight, so if I just had a little bit more, we'd be fine. But what happens is, is that we allow our income to sync with our outgoings. And so what we discover is that if we did have a little bit more, we would find ourselves in just the same place again. Because number three is also true about you and me. We felt the same way when we had a lot less. It's true. If you think back 10 years and you could project forward as to what you're earning today, you'd think, blimey, that would be amazing. We've just talked about 100 years. Okay, 100 years, the difference between the house value of that. Well, just go back 10 years to think how much you were earning. And if I was to say, in 10 years' time, you'll be earning this much, whatever that is, you'd go, blimey, life's going to be good. And yet we find ourselves 10 years later, and life seems to be no different. Because we always think we'd be fine if we had just a little bit more. See, what, what this is, this is called marginless living or, or breathing room less living. And that will never change unless you and I make some big changes. What I've got, look at this. This is a bit of my artwork from earlier. Thank you very much. Two straight lines. I just want you to um, uh, consider this. 
Okay, so if this is money that goes up and this is time that goes forward, if you think on the whole, what we would like for, sorry, let me just move that. What we would like um, for our money situation is to be this, that we start work and what we really hope is that our money over time will go up. Now, some of you, it will be kind of up and down depending on the jobs that you've got. Some of you, it's just flatlined out and that's bad luck. Um, uh, but, but on the whole, we, we kind of think that uh, as we go through life, our earnings will go up. And what we want to be able to achieve is this, is that ideally, and this is ideally, that's our, let me just um, uh, put here, that's our income. But what we want with regards to our spending is that. Yeah, so our income is that, and our spending is a little less than our income. And so what you have here is breathing room. Every single one of us sitting here or watching today that is what we would like our life to be like. So that we get our earnings and we don't spend all of our earnings and so that we will have breathing room. That's, that's the ideal. That's what you and I would all love to have. The sad part of it is, if I just go on, it's almost identical. Thank you very much. Okay, here we go. So if that is our income, this is what normally happens, is that our spend runs exactly along the same line. And so you and I can go through life with no breathing room whatsoever. And do you know what? What's amazing is this, is that you could say, well, how much is that money? Well, it really doesn't matter, because that could be um, uh, 200 pounds a month, which goes up, and we, yet we still find ourselves in exactly the same. You could be on, going up here, 100,000 a year. And if we still stay with our spend going the same, we will just be in the same painful, difficult, worrying circumstances. Sadly, some people even do that. Where it's the opposite to breathing room, it's that horrible word called debt. And when we get caught in debt, it is like a trap. It dominates everything. You see, this doesn't just apply to um, uh, our personal finances. This, this can apply to businesses. In fact, this can apply to church. You know, um, uh, in the autumn of last year, I sent out some information to people here at the Forge just to let them know of our financial position. And honestly, I was worried. It was dominating my thinking all the time because the breathing room between our income and what we spend was getting smaller and smaller. And it's a horrible place to find ourselves. And so unless changes happen, which they are for us as a church, and so we are now finding ourselves in a better position, if we don't have that breathing room, I tell you, it is such a stressful place to live. And when we live like this, what happens is, is that people other than ourselves become in control of our finances. 
And so our mortgage company, because we've, we've borrowed to the hilt to get the house because we wanted the standard of living. And so we've pushed and pushed our mortgage to the very maximum of what we can pay. And then we find ourselves at the beck and call of our mortgage company. And so that we can't just book the holiday as we'd love to because we have to pay those bills. When we want to buy a car and we go on a finance, um, uh, go with a finance company, the finance company never say, have a month off, go on, just do something lovely this month. If you ever come across a finance company like that, please let me know uh, because they are extremely unusual. Because what tends to happen is, is the bills just keep coming in and coming in and coming in. And what happens to you and me? It's that anxiety that builds and builds and builds. And everything financial becomes our master. That we can't buy this, we can't do that, we can't holiday there. It feels as if our money runs our life. And we don't get to make choices anymore. Do you know what? Jesus has something to say about this. In fact, Jesus predicted this. He predicted this 2,000 years ago. One of the ways in which Jesus would uh, communicate with people is he would tell stories. And uh, people loved to listen to them. They didn't always understand his stories, but they were great stories to listen to. And uh, as Jesus was talking, there was um, a time, uh, you can read about it in Luke 15, where Jesus just tells three stories about three lost things. And he's building to this point that God desperately wants to find people who are lost in life and so that they can experience him as their heavenly father. And then he goes on to Luke 16, the next chapter, and he goes into this story and it's a finance story. In fact, Jesus told lots of stories which involved finance because finance plays such a big part in our lives, doesn't it? And he tells this story of a guy who's going to be um, uh, given the sack because of his financial dealings. And so he's very shrewd. And he, all these people who own the company money, he goes out to and he halves their payments back again. Because he thinks, if I'm going to be given the sack, I might be able to get a job with them. And he gets to the end of this story. And it's a little bit of a confusing story that Jesus says. Because he says that the owner says, that's really clever. That's really shrewd, the thing that you've done there, even though I've lost out. And Jesus is talking all about this money situation. Go home and, and read it. Luke, um, Luke 16, you'll find out about the shrewd manager. And it gets to the end of that story. And then Jesus comes in with oh, these words, which I think are so powerful. This is what he goes on to say. He says, no one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and be enslaved to money. Or as another version says, you can't serve both God and money. No one can serve two masters. If you've ever been in an employment situation where you've had two bosses and they've been on different pages, you know how incredibly difficult it is because you can't keep both happy. If you're someone whose parents have split up and you go to different parents at different times as you've been growing up and your parents have been on different pages, you kind of know how awkward. There's this tug of war that's going on and it's really painful and you end up liking the one who allows you to stay up much later than the other and the one who just either takes you out for lunch or whatever and you don't like the one who makes you do the jobs back at home and that kind of stuff. And so there's this tension that pulls. This is what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about this tension. And he says this, he says, you can't serve both God and be enslaved to money. 
See, I always thought that it was you can't serve God and the devil. Oh, yeah. But that's not what Jesus is saying. He's making it much harder for you and I. Because he's saying that it's not the devil that we're going to be battling with. It's going to be stuff that we are battling with. It's with money. And one of those is going to call us to raise our standard of living, to buy better, to have more, to keep up to date with all the stuff that you should have. And the other is calling us to choose a quality of life that has financial breathing room to it. One that demonstrates generosity, one that limits our spending but widens our opportunities. And what Jesus, when he was telling these stories, he was, oh boy, he was, he was poking at a part where it really hurts. Because he's saying this, you've got to choose which master you're going to serve. This is so big. If you're a, if you're a Christian, this is so big. Because he's saying that we've got to choose, that there is a lifestyle to ch- a choice to make about when we follow God or whether we're going to be enslaved by this stuff called money, whether we're going to be trapped by it. And you see, it's really hard to do what Jesus calls us to do when we are trapped by our finances. Sam. Sam is back here for um, a short period of time because his wife is expecting baby number three in the next couple of days, and he hasn't left yet, so she hasn't gone into labour, so that's really good. Uh, but, but Sam and Katie have had to raise uh, an awful lot of money uh, uh, to be able to be working out there in, in Chad. And, you know, and sitting here, you might be thinking, that's a great, I'd love to be able to... Oh, I can't. And you kind of sense God saying, but wouldn't it be good to support Sam? Wouldn't it be good to support some of those people who want to go abroad on one of our missions? Wouldn't it be good if you could sponsor a child? And you hear those things and you think, I would love to, God. I would really love to, but I can't. Because I've got to pay my car finances and I've got to pay my mortgage and I've got to pay the the, the debt repayment system that I've got set up. And do you suddenly see how hard it is to follow Jesus when our finances are so out of sync? See, if a lack of discipline on your and my part have brought us to a place where we have no financial margin, money has become our master. I hate that, but it's true. You know, Jesus says time and time again, he says, don't worry. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear. He comes up with this theme time and time again. And if you have no financial margin, or if you're even worse on this line above what our income is, Worry is the thing which will take over your life. Honestly, I have sat with people here in this room and in places all around where people are saying, I don't know what to do. I've got myself in a situation and I can't get out of it. And it's an awful, awful place to find ourselves. So it's really hard to follow Jesus when he says, don't worry, when all the time we're worrying about our finances because we've let them get out of control. You see, how we're spending our money might be keeping us from being completely sold out for God. Honestly, it can be. That's why Jesus said, you cannot serve both God and be enslaved to money. So how? How does that work? How how, how can we turn this around? Well, some very, very simple things for you to think about uh, as we finish today. And I want you to think about these things. 
Just as I wanted you to fill out this card. Do you remember this card from last week? Do you remember filling it in? Or did you think, oh no, I forgot about that. Sorry, I didn't have time. Didn't have time, yeah. If you haven't done it, still work on it. What are you stopping? What are you starting? What are you doing less of? What are you doing more of? The same principles apply when it comes to our finances. So number one, what do we do? Number one is this. We've just got to decide. We've got to decide that the way in which we're living, which might be this, is not the way that we're going to go on anymore. We've got to hate that lifestyle of thinking, I'm worried about money. I've got nothing spare. I can't do. If the washing machine goes, we've had it. We've we've got to hate that enough to decide that we're going to do something about it. Debt is about having a higher standard of living. Discipline is about having a better quality of life. So you and I, we have to decide. And it will take discipline to bring about any kind of change. Seems really simple, doesn't it? Just to decide. But the thing is, lots of us haven't even thought about it. And God wants to be, Jesus wants to be Lord of our lives. He wants to capture our heart so that money doesn't hold our heart but that he's the king of our heart. Secondly, it's this. Set a breathing room goal. If you come back, to, um, uh, come back to this chart here, that's your income. Come on, so what percentage do you want to spend? And, and what percentage do you want to use as breathing room? So you could start with 2% as breathing room to start with. And to say that we're not going to spend above this because this will begin a buffering part to our finances, a bit of breathing room. You might start with 5%. You might start with 10%. But start to think and choose a breathing room goal to say that's what we're going to go for. So when we do our finances, we will know that that's what we're aiming for. If you don't know what you're aiming for, you're going to miss. (laughs) You just will. So thirdly, Track your spending. Budget. Honestly, this is so important. When, um, when I did this a little while back, I, I went through, I could not believe how much money Tesco's and Costa had from me. Unbelievable. I honestly didn't know the figure until I did it. Do you know where your money's going? Because if you don't, you won't be able to control it. So therefore, track over over February, track everything that you spend and see where that money is going to. Because once you know where your money is going, you can do number four, which is you can cut your spending. You can decide that you don't go into the pub as much and spend and buy as many rounds as uh, as you do at the moment. That you don't go to that coffee shop, that you don't go and buy that new thing. That you can make a difference when you start to cut your spending. You see, this is not just a, this might be very practical, and I hope it is, for anyone who doesn't, um, doesn't choose to follow God. If you do choose to follow God, this is so important, because what did Jesus say? You can't follow both God and money. You've got to make a choice. And God's choice for your life is quality of life, not standard of living, which means you might have to lower your standard of living in order to get a better quality of life. I want is better than I owe. I want a new car is better than I owe money for a new car. I want a holiday abroad 
is better than I owe money for a holiday abroad. If you want to have peace of mind, if you want to have quality of life, we have got, got, got to create breathing room within our finances. I'll say it again. Creating breathing room financially may lower your standard of living, but it will raise the quality of your life. I tell you, out of experience, out of experience, having breathing room financially, oh, it is so good. It is so good. And I don't have the flashiest of cars. I think it's 260,000 my car has done so far. And it's still going. Still going. But having breathing room, I tell you, it is beautiful. It, is, it, it fills you with peace. And it reminds me again that what God has given to Sarah and I, well, we can use it, we can learn to be generous. That we are not stretched and we're not worrying and we're not arguing over who spent what. Breathing room is fantastic. Breathing room is a reminder that we can follow God, that we can follow what Jesus says and that we can make him Lord of our hearts and not the mortgage company or the finance company or the stuff that we are. God has a better way for you and me. And I just want to appeal to you to chase after it, to make God central, to make him the king of your heart and not stuff. And you will find life and life in all its fullness. Honestly, it's the best way to go. Let me pray for you. Lord, we're going to sing this song now. The king of my heart. Lord, that you will be the wind in our sails. That you'll be the way for us to go. Lord, uh, for any of us, Lord, who are sitting here thinking, well, that's fine for him up there, but it's different for me. Lord, I pray that you would breathe hope and that you would be a way maker even within our finances, that you would show us a better way to live, a way to get out of the debt that we find ourselves in, a way to be free from the worry that we experience. And Lord, help us to realise that this is not just a money issue, it is a spiritual issue, that we cannot serve you and stuff. We can't have two masters. Help us to choose you and your way. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all for this week. Thanks once again for joining us. We'd love to keep the conversation going, so please check us out on social media at Forge Church and check out our website, forgechurch.com, where you can give financially, watch new content and see any details of events we have going on here at The Forge. See you next week.